if this makes sense, my mental illness helped me with lifting before lifting helped me with my mental illness. Welcome to Valkyrie Garage, celebrating female strength. Hi, I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. I met Maddie Stewart, also known as Madeline Stewart, and also known as One Rep Mads, through a previous guest, Shelby Belfast. Thanks so much for pointing me to Maddie Shelby. She's phenomenal. Uh, Maddie uses strength training to help her flourish while living with mental illness. And I just love her sweetness, her boundless enthusiasm for the bench press and for her boyfriend and for her dogs and for overalls and for pretty much everything. And she shares here how powerlifting helps her live with mental illness, how to navigate social media and all the creepers there uh, as a young lifter. And hey, if you know someone living with obsessive compulsive disorder, this could be an amazing episode to share with them. Or if you just want to smile and know that whatever else is going on in the world, this up and coming generation of young women is uh, doing it right. And there's an excitable Canadian up there giggling and lifting really heavy things and just living her best life. Who's Maddie Stewart? Okay. <laughs> so I am Maddie Stewart. Um, I usually introduce myself as Madeline, but I'm like one of those people that doesn't care at all what nickname people choose for me. My parents call me like Madzy Wadzy, so it's really just like you know, whatever. That's like now my Instagram handle is one rep mads because my parents always called me some variation of mads growing up. So I like that one too. Um, I mean, I think most people just call me Maddie. Um, I'm 23. I'm going to be 24 soon, which is like weird to think about because I'm still going to say I'm in my early twenties, even though that's definitely like mid twenties. Um, but I'm going to be 24 August 16th. And, um, yeah, I mean, basically the bulk of my personality uh, has to do with the fact that I lift or is entirely centered around me as a lifter. I've been powerlifting since 2017. And before that, for a couple of years, I was just kind of like getting to know the gym and I was like into strength training, but didn't have a program or a coach or anything. So I was basically just like, you know, spinning my wheels and dicking around. Um, and, uh, but before that, like, I don't know if we talked about this before, but like I went to a performing arts high school so I've been like singing and playing guitar for over 10 years and I used to like perform on stage and I because I was like a theater major in high school. Amazing. Yeah. And so that's that's like another part of me, like me as a performer, but that's kind of somewhat in the rear view. I still enjoy it, um, like performing here and there. But yeah, then I... I'm kind of a university student. I'm like in a weird limbo with my degree. So um, I still like to think of myself as a student. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I touched on everything. And you know, I'm a, I'm a partner to my wonderful boyfriend. And I'm a dog mom to my three fur babies. So cute. You are adorable. <laughs> so how did you get into lifting? Okay, so it's a story I'll always remember. I like vividly remember this interaction. Um, I had just gone off to school. I I was born and raised in Toronto, Ontario. And I went to school really far away because I wanted to live away from home. And uh, I wanted to go to like a small school just to like have that more like uh, close knit community experience. Uh, it turned out to be a huge mistake, but I'm sure we'll get to that later. Um, so I went to New Brunswick. So for your like non-Canadian listeners, that's a 15 hour drive away 
from where my family is. It's about a two hour flight. Um, and there's not even an airport where I went to school. So you actually had to drive half an hour to the closest, like bigger town that had an airport, which was Moncton. So where I went to school was actually Sackville, New Brunswick. I went to Mount Allison university and, um, I lived in residence and I had a bunch of friends like uh, living, living in my wing. And uh, one of my good buddies was like already a gym rat and had been a total gym rat since high school. And we ran into each other one day that we were both going to the gym. I was going to the fitness center. He was going to the athletic center. And there's actually a huge difference between those facilities. The fitness center was like had like a wall of windows and was really bright. And there were a lot of treadmills and like machines and stuff. And uh, he was like, don't go there. Come with me to BAC. Come with me to the athletic center. It's a, it's a way cooler gym. And so I was like, okay, like I'll give this a shot. And it was like the classic, like dungeon-y varsity gym, like where all the football players worked out, which would have been so intimidating to me, but I went with my buddy and, um, and he basically showed me, how to lift and kind of gave me an inkling of what powerlifting was, but he was like more into bodybuilding. So I just, I just started because I didn't like how I looked. Like I had been on the way to the other fitness center to just like run on a treadmill. Cause that's, I thought that was the only way that I could change how my body looked. And I like hated it so much. And I just felt like I was like gross and out of shape. And, and looking back on pictures, I'm like, oh my God, I was so cute. Why did I think that? Um, oh yeah. You know, but that, that's how it goes, right? Like it's, it's never about how your body actually looks. It's just like how you feel about it, I guess. Um, yep. So, so yeah, that's just, that's why I started. I was like, I'll just like lose some weight and be active. But then I actually started getting really stoked about how I was getting stronger. Um, and like, especially with the bench press, um, I just, I, I it started becoming more about like the weight that was on the bar than I guess like the weight that was my body. Uh, so that's that's wow. where that's where it got started when I was 18 in a small town in New Brunswick. <laughs> wow, that is so awesome that you got into it so young. You're definitely the youngest person <laughs> I've interviewed so far and that's fantastic. I mean, it's so wonderful that you didn't wait until you'd had all these years under your belt of like hanging out in the fitness center before you figured out the athletic centers where it was at. Um, yeah, I'm definitely glad that um, that's the environment that I got into because I think that that's, and it's like, it's still what I look for in a gym. Like the gym that I'm at now is called uh, Fortis West and it's a really great facility, pretty like powerlifting specific. Like anyone can work out there, but, and it's, it's a lot nicer. It's definitely not a dungeon. Like it's still pretty bright. But it has mm-hmm. a similar atmosphere of just, like, people that are focused on strength training and, like, not too many, like, isolation machines. It's just, like, a lot of, yes. like, free weights and barbells to do just, like, some solid compound lifting. Tell me uh, about your journey of healing and living with mental illness as a lifter. Absolutely. And how how lifting's helped you there. So. So, I mean, I might as well, like, call it what it is. I have very, very severe obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD. And I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with that when I was nine years old. My parents knew something was up, though, when I was, like, two. <laughs> like, wow. yeah, it's it's so, it's it's wild that it, it, like, manifested that early. I think it was just them seeing, like, some, like, a lot of, like, repetitive behaviors. And it's it's evolved, and it's, like, 
it's changed as I've gotten older and it's definitely gotten more it got a lot worse before it got better like it got way more difficult to manage before it became Mm -hmm. like more um like something I could live with but um I would say that I was still in a pretty good I was in a pretty good place when I left high school and went to university and I, I wouldn't have gone so far away from home had I not been in a good place and had I not you know, been in a good place for a couple years by that point. Um, and so that's like, cause I, I just, I just feel like looking back, it's like, Oh God, why would you go so far away if you were, if you were mm-hmm. suffering so much? But the reality is I wasn't at the time. Like I've always had this underlying mental illness that, you know, flares up um, and, and manifests in different ways. But I was in a good place when I went off to school and then um I was in a pretty psychologically, emotionally, mentally abusive relationship for a couple years, um, mm-hmm. which and ultimately I it it triggered my OCD and generalized anxiety disorder in a way that I was just incapacitated and um, and couldn't really go back to school. Sorry, I know I'm getting off track with the question here, but the reason it's relevant is because I had already started lifting a bit. And, um, as I was having this trouble in this relationship that was making it hard to like go to class or even get out of bed, fitness was like the theme that it just became this theme in my life that I could get up to go to the gym and I could get up to get my training done. Not always. Like, it's not like it was like this magical thing that I could always do. Um, sorry, but you know, especially after I came home. So I came home from school in April, 2016. And that was when I was like, okay, I'm not going back. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just was like, (laughs) I threw myself into lifting. And at that time I had like a a small hamstring injury um, from when I was on the dance team at school. So I wasn't like squatting or deadlifting. I was like benching three or four times a week. And that's why bench was my best lift for, for the longest time. And like was so disproportionate to my other lifts. Um, But I was just, like, always in the gym. I think that, in a way, my mental... If this makes sense, my mental illness helped me with lifting before lifting helped me with my mental illness. And that's because if you look at what powerlifting is uh, and you look at what OCD is, um, Mm -hmm. it's almost like it was the perfect sport for me. Um, because like, I'm not going to sit here with three quarters of my psychology degree and educate your lifter, your, um, your listeners on all the aspects of OCD, but basically just like a Coles notes version is you've got obsessive thoughts. So like these anxieties swirling around in your head, and then you have like these compulsive behaviors, these actions that you do to try to like soothe those thoughts and make them go away. So like an example Mm -hmm. from when I was younger would be, I like, I, I was convinced my hands were were dirty, even though I washed them all the time, and that then I would touch people or things and then and make those things dirty, and then my family would touch them, and I would make my family sick. And so I washed my hands, like, till they were cracked and bleeding. So the obsessive thought is my hands are dirty. The compulsive behavior to temporarily subdue that thought is, you know, washing my hands. So that's, like, a very basic example. It's actually a pretty common OCD um, scenario. So, yeah, I mean, 
throughout my life, repetitive tasks, I think, though, were pretty soothing to me. Like, um, like playing games like Tetris, where you're just like changing the shapes. Like, I remember I was really good at Tetris, um, like, mm-hmm. like reorienting the shapes and then making the, the lines disappear, um, like blocks at a time. So, you know, when I discovered powerlifting and I started training my deadlift, I was just using like a simple five by five you know, set, rep set scheme. So it was like, here's mm-hmm. a set weight. I'm going to pick it up five times and then rest and then pick it up five more times. I'll do that a total of five times. And next week I'll do five pounds more. So it was like, it's like a steady increment with set yeah. reps and sets. Um, and just repetitive like that. And I think that was, that's very, that can be very soothing. To, that's to so me. beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that, and I, I, it's not like I consciously knew that at the time. I didn't think like, this is going to feel good for my OCD. It was just, it, it was kind of like um, a sport that was so, just selected for by my nature. So I, I think that's why I got so laser focused on it. I don't think that it, that couldn't have happened with any other like sport or activity. It was just the na- the repetitive nature of how I was training and that the fact that that was effective for the sport I was doing um, that I, otherwise I would, I just don't think I could have gotten so deep into powerlifting. And then once I was so deep into it and I was focused on being physically strong, it, it, that became comforting in and of itself because I was coming from a place of feeling very mentally and emotionally frail, having having been in, a, in an abusive relationship and having to leave school and just being very, very mentally ill, I thought, well, at least I'm, I'm physically strong. And I really just buried myself into lifting. And it, ju- it just gave me, and it gave, what's really important and what I learned in therapy is that it's so important for people like me to have a sense of competence. And so even though it might not seem like super, I don't know, like super relevant. Like I don't think anyone outside of powerlifting really cares about powerlifters, but just seeing that I was steadily getting better at something and I was doing it well and doing it right. gave me a sense of competence that I hadn't been able to get through school or relationships or anything else. And it made me think that I might just be competent in this area right now, but it shows me that I can develop a greater degree of competence over time. And maybe I can, uh, maybe, and just, and maybe I can achieve that in other areas at some point. Wow. That really resonates. (laughs) Thank you. That's that's awesome. So are there, um, are there resources that have been helpful to you or tools (laughs) to, flourish as a lifter and as a person living with obsessive compulsive disorder absolutely Um, (laughs) what tell me about those so I have I am like one of those people I grew up in and out of therapy and that's because I have the most wonderful compassionate intelligent parents and I am just growing and every day I realize more and more how much of a blessing that is and how much just like pure effing luck that is that I have these parents. 
Um, and I will never stop singing their praises or bragging about them. <laughs> and, and so I think just partly because I was, I've, I've always been in therapy. I didn't see it as this big, this big hurdle that I had to convince myself to go talk to someone because like I have memories of being in therapy when I'm like 10 years old and like talking to a psychologist just like while I'm absentmindedly drawing pictures and mm-hmm. and so that has been so huge for me um just being in therapy and if you're if you're in Canada I mean it's yes we do have like our free healthcare system um there, I mean, there's obviously a trade-off though. Like I've been on really long waiting lists. Like you might need to wait like a year to see a psychiatrist. And it's just because the demand is so high and the availability of psychiatric professionals is can't just can't meet that demand right now. Um, but I have also been lucky to, to like have my family doctor um, is, is, um, is really good at just giving like these brief it's not even like a counseling session but she um she is able to give um to kind of do like a mini psychiatric set or yeah like a psychiatric session I guess you could call it um mm-hmm. and so just having I know that's not like related to lifting but I guess I'm just saying this because so I've seen so many people dealing with issues like I've I've experienced in my life and they're just so reluctant to talk to someone and if there's one thing that I would want people to take away from just like my existence is that it's it's totally fine and it's a very positive thing to talk to someone if you need help and you're not crazy if you need to talk to a professional and I just like literally if people took away one thing from like even knowing that I exist it would be just like, just get some help if you need it. It'll save your life. Seriously. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So just having really supportive parents um, who, who had that or who provided that early intervention for me, um, having been lucky enough to talk to some um, really good, um, just really good medical professionals in that field. And, and honestly, um, it's so important to have, uh, or it's so important for me to have a supportive partner. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, I know this isn't like all related to lifting. It's just because I feel like, I feel like so many people say things like the gym is my therapy. And, yeah. and honestly, that makes me upset because yeah. it, to someone who's actually ill and actually needs therapy, like you're never you're never gonna see me post like that as a quote or a caption or something because it's right. it's such bullshit. Going to the yeah. gym can be therapeutic. It's not mm-hmm. therapy in the context yeah. of what we're talking about and mental illness. Like that in and of itself is not therapy. Um, and I and I think that it's wrong to lead people to believe that they can lift their problems away. Because it was definitely helpful for me and it was a good outlet for me. But ultimately, in the sense of my mental illness, lifting served a really, the really important purpose of making me feel like I could be good at something, making me feel like essentially 
like my life is worth living because I, I can be, I can be successful at something and I can find something that I love. So maybe I should go talk to a professional because it's worth it to get my life together. Yeah. That's so good. (laughs) So what's it like? What's, what has it been like for you just trying to make your way in the strength world? You're a woman, you're a young woman, (laughs) you're building a brand, you're making a name for yourself in this space where a lot of the authorities or the old guard are dudes. How has that been? Oh man. (laughs) Well, I think I've gotten a lot more, I mean, I've gotten smarter and more savvy about how I interact with, with like influencers and just personalities in this, in this sport and in this industry. I think I was very naive at first, um, just wanting to see the best in people and believe that people saw the best in me. And I've met some really great dudes throughout, throughout my experience. You know, I'll go back as far as 2016 because I wasn't really powerlifting at the time, but I had, you know, I was running like my old Instagram account, which, which I deleted um, mm-hmm. in, no, in like October because it wasn't, I felt it was a poor representation of me, but I did initially meet a lot of people through that platform and I'm in contact with a lot of those people now. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, I would, I had around 2016, 2017, some like, you know, male athletes that I looked up to would occasionally send me a message like they'd find me on Instagram or I'd be following them and they'd take notice of me Uh and you know they'd we'd engage in some sort of they'd engage me in a conversation and here I am like barely able to deadlift 225 pounds and I'm like oh my god you know x lifter champion whatever yeah thinks that I'm a good athlete and he's talking to me about powerlifting because he sees me as a powerlifter and right. so you have this conversation like through like the Snapchat text box or just on Instagram DMs. And then like six hours later, there's a, a video of this guy jerking off in your Snapchat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. So this is why my parents can't listen to this. But that's honestly, okay. that's the fucking reality. Right. And it. I don't know. Like I'm laughing. It's it's not funny, but it's just I'm laughing because right. it's so ridiculous, and it's so transparent too. And now I can I can spot that immediately. I know when that is the intention. Yeah. So what are the? <laughs> how do you know when somebody is like a, a prospective mentor versus like a predator? What are kind of the indicators? So I mean, I will admit that I am. I'm, I know I just very confidently said I can spot it, but now I'm thinking of a time when I was like kind of wrong not that long ago. But I think that, you know, it takes time often to be able Mm -hmm. to tell. Um, Like I've had experiences with coaches that I will just, I will never work with anymore. Um, People Mm -hmm. can seem cool for a long time. And then you find out it was just because, you know, when, when you started talking, they had a girlfriend, but then the relationship's over and now they're mm-hmm. not looking at you as an athlete. They're looking at you as a sexual prospect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've had that happen with people that I thought were cool at first. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just something it's, I think you'll, you'll know it's, it's in the way that they talk to you. It's, 
so I'm trying to gather my thoughts because I want to make sure that I, I say it right. It's just, I just think I can tell when someone is respecting me and talking to me as an athlete and mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like, you have to watch for the comments that they make. Are they focused on your body? Because right. comments that are seemingly innocent about your body very quickly turn into something um, more intentionally um, predatory, I guess. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I've, I've worked, I'm not, so I'm not powerlifting right now just because I'm dealing with like some like injuries and bullshit, but um, I just finished, or I guess like a couple months ago, I finished a training cycle with a coach named Austin Ryan, who's a great dude. And I knew him, I had like met him before he started coaching me, but I didn't know him well or anything, but I followed him on Instagram. I follow a lot of his athletes. I saw how well they were doing. And you know, like when you're a coach, your athletes are your billboard. So I reached out to him and, and I was like, I, I want to be stronger. Please send help. This is a business inquiry, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he's a really good dude. And he, he'll make what I know. He makes comments about, you know, my progression and strength. And if he's going to make a comment about my body, it has to do with my stability or Mm -hmm. something that is directly related to the mechanics of powerlifting. He's never going to be like, your thighs got so much thicker. So you're going to be able to squat more. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you can say similar things. But there's like a sexual way to say it and there's a professional way yeah. to say it. So like. Right. So like he's anyways, glowing recommendation for Austin Ryan. If anyone's looking for a powerlifting coach. <laughs> That's great. Would you ever consider getting into coaching? Oh, I mean, I would. I would love to. I think that that would be so much fun. Like to like wake up on a Sunday morning with my, and have my coffee and open up my laptop and like my athletes have sent me their check-ins. So. <laughs> That was very specific. This is obviously not something I'm thinking of for the first time. Like, oh, now that you mentioned yes. it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I, I can definitely see that. Thank you. Percolating. I just, you. I think that that would be so fun because like, I bet I've met a lot of cool people through powerlifting. And I think that, I think that right now, I mean, I think that who I am as a person, I would be fun to work with as a coach, but like, like right now there's such a low barrier to entry with coaching. Like I could switch my Instagram to a business profile right now and call myself a coach because I've done like four competitions and have been training for a couple years. And honestly, people do that and it's bullshit. Um, yeah. It's like calling yourself. It's like writing people meal plans when you took like a bullshit online nutrition course and you're not a fucking dietitian, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, who inspires you in the fitness scene? Who's out there or the powerlifting or strength or like who's out there that you whose career, you know, you would look at as a as a um, great roadmap for yourself. Don't even have to think about it. Natalie Hansen. <laughs> OK, I don't know her. Oh, me, that's OK. I'm going to tell yeah. you about her. Oh, good. Um, good, good. So Natalie Hansen is. I don't want to get this wrong. I believe she is now two-time equipped world champion in the 84 kg class for women's open equipped powerlifting. Um, She's just like 
incredibly strong even like just her raw bench is like without a without any equipment is over 200 pounds um she's 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 so strong she puts out really great training content like in terms of how she's transparent with her training so I really like Mm -hmm. following along with her competition preps um and honestly another reason I really like her is because I don't want to take away anything from her lifting but I don't even think that her lifting is even the most interesting thing about her. And -hmm. I think that's pretty cool that you can be a world champion and that's not even the most interesting thing about you. But like, this is, this is, this is my humble opinion. I'm just going to fangirl here. But like, she is an engineer. She like, she's also a dog mom. (laughs) She's a business owner. Like she's an entrepreneur. Um, She's, she's a coach. She's just, such a female powerhouse in this, like, as you were saying, like a pretty still male dominated space. She's so well-spoken and I respect her so much. And I got to meet her one time um, at the Arnold classic in 2018. We were just like Mm -hmm. both at the same, there was like a gathering at this lifters Airbnb. And so I hadn't ever met her. I had like heard of her. You know, like you hear her like whispered about in dark corners of bars and stuff like this legend. And she, I walk in and she's just like sitting there and I know the other people around. I introduced my and I, I didn't know some of the other people that were there. So I'm just like, hey, I'm Madeline. And they're introducing themselves to me. And I go up to her and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, hi, I'm Madeline. And she goes, oh, hi, I'm Natalie. And I was like, I fucking know who you are. <laughs> Yay! So yeah, she's really cool. Respect her a lot, Natalie Hansen. Uh, okay. Idol, absolute idol lifter. <laughs> what would you tell a young woman who thinks she should be hanging out in the fitness center right now, or who thinks she should be running on a treadmill or doing like bikini body workouts to get fit, like? What would your advice to that person be? I would say if you're doing all of the above because that's what you enjoy and that is how you enjoy fitness, then that's amazing and keep doing what you're doing because you found something you enjoy that keeps you active, that works for you. It's only a problem if you're doing it because you think that as a woman, you should not be strong or more muscular, or you're afraid to get bigger. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I need, I probably should be running on a treadmill like a little bit. <laughs> My cardiovascular fitness leaves a lot to be desired. Like I've just started taking the stairs in my building. I live on the 11th floor. And uh-huh. so I, I just like took the stairs for the first time a couple days ago. And I was like, on the eighth floor, I felt my heart pounding out of my chest. And I was like, wow, this is a very sobering wake-up call. (laughs) So now I've made it a goal to go up and down the stairs like a couple times a day, uh, which reminds me I've got to fucking do that after this. I mean, I get to do that after this. So, I mean, the problem was that I was doing it. I was just doing like, I was doing like banded booty workouts and running on a treadmill, but I hate running. I was not having a good time and that's why I would do it for two weeks and then quit on fitness. So I don't want to bash the way anyone works out. Like it's all good, whatever you do to be active. But you know, if, if you're just for me, like what I would tell myself when I was seeing 
more of like the bikini girls on Instagram and people focus like more on just being like thinner, I would have told myself Mm -hmm. if they enjoy that, that's great, but that's not what you enjoy. And that's not what makes you feel good. So it's a problem that you're doing this, not because of what it, what the activity is, but because you're doing it because you feel like you don't have any other option. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. And then what about um, advice for other young women just living with obsessive compulsive disorder and like looking for a refuge? What would be your advice? I mean, if you have someone that you can trust that you can talk to about it, that's great. Um, I know that not everyone is, not everyone has been blessed like with the resources I have in terms of people. Um, Like maybe you have parents that don't believe in mental illness because like that's a real thing still somehow um yeah I know oh but that's that's very I've I've met I've met people who are like I think I'm depressed but my parents don't believe in that they think you just have to choose to be happy which is like so annoying um anyway I haven't always had a super supportive partner who would like Mm -hmm. you know like I did a a program at like a group therapy program at a hospital um in north york where i lived with my family before uh for like three weeks and like he would come pick me up and we could talk about it if i wanted to or we could not talk about it but either way he was gonna come pick me up and this is like early in our relationship too like i just i haven't always had a supportive partner sometimes you don't find that person right away um Mm -hmm. But I'm 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 so lucky to have him. His name is Jeremy. He's very handsome, and I love him. And I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but you know, just it's so I just I believe I so strongly believe in intervention, and it doesn't have to be your friends and family cornering you in your living room when you think you're just like walking into movie night. Um, like I've taken myself to the hospital. Um, I just mm-hmm. called an Uber because I knew if I like took the TTC or like the the subway and the bus that I would just like get off somewhere downtown and just and just get off track so I I know everyone says get help but it's like sometimes because of the nature of your illness it actually makes it more Mm -hmm. difficult to reach out for help because you delay it you put it off for whatever reason so sometimes you actually need help getting the help and I think a lot of people don't know that that's even a step it's very easy mm. to look at your friend with mental illness and say, well, just call your doctor. But sometimes you can't mm-hmm. pick up the phone. And it, it's hard to understand if, you've, if you haven't felt that way. But sometimes you need the person who will make the call for you or will sit with you while you make the call or drive you to like, like we have like CAMH here. And uh, What's sorry, it's the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. So I've been okay. there twice and they have like, an emergency center like if you're if you're suicidal or you're like you want to harm yourself if they have like a crisis um like it's like going to emerge in the hospital and people yeah, need yeah, to understand okay. that if you like if you got into a car accident you would go to emerge like yeah. when I fell because my I was having a sciatica flare-up and I didn't know it was sciatica at the time but I fell because I had such intense pain in my back Jeremy took me to emerge and you know two years ago when I was like having thoughts of like self-harm I went to emerge. It's the same, it's the same thing. Go get your emergency healthcare. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. some, I will just say sometimes people need help getting the help. So if, if yeah. you're, if you need that, tell someone, be like, I think I need to go get help, but I need you to help me do that. I just, 
Yeah. And there are, like, in Canada, at least, I know that there are a lot of free resources. I don't know what the landscape is like in the U.S. I did used to live there. I lived there for three years. I lived in Virginia. And, like, we uh-huh. had some, like, private health care there because, like, I needed some therapy when because that was when I was 10 and I, like, really started therapy. But I don't mm-hmm. know what the rest of, like, the landscape is like in terms of health care. But there are. In Canada, at least I can speak to that, you know, like there are places where you can get help free of charge and it, it is more accessible. You might have to be put on a waiting list, but just know that it's coming, that there is that light at the end of the tunnel. Do you have anything that you like go to recipes or um, stuff you love to eat when you're training hard? I I drank a lot of protein shakes when I was like 19, 20, 21, and then I got kind of sick of them. So I like never drink my protein anymore, to be honest with you. Good. I, I'm, I, I aspire to that. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but um. I just, it's just like, I just stopped liking it and also cleaning out your yeah. shaker. And if you leave it for one day, then you open oh, it Lord. and there's like a, a colony in it, you know, it's just gross. So gross. So I'm my, my like breakfast of choice right now is I mix some protein powder into yogurt I also have like just a collagen supplement that I take because I want to have this like super long mermaid hair and then like yes. clear skin and you do have long mermaid yes. hair does it help does the collagen work oh collagen is a supplement it's um like you can take a collagen supplement it's good for your hair skin and nails but have you found it to be effective um I've taken it but I don't know I'm I don't the jury's still out on its efficacy for me. Honestly, <laughs> I know I like yeah. it. But... <laughs> um, I think that I I notice a difference. I'm gonna say I'm saying this like I don't think because I've taken it before. Like I think a year ago I took it because I was working at a supplement store, um, which is where mm-hmm. you know my knowledge of supplements comes from. Not that it's like super advanced, but I definitely know more than I guess the average person. I started taking mm-hmm. it. Um, a coworker suggested it for my skin. And I was like, mm, I don't know how much it really helped my skin. I think my nails were like a little harder. Um, uh-huh. But, and I, I, I won't know if it helps with skin elasticity for like a long time. I think that's kind of a, a right. long haul uh, type of deal. And honestly, I'm, in general, I, I think the supplement industry is like one of the like most successful scams in fitness you know and I worked I worked in a supplement store for over a year and I mean protein powder is great because you're just supplementing pro your the the protein in your diet Mm -hmm. um so that's great because I don't have enough protein and like that's just a fact you need it to recover um and I just I just don't get enough of it that's why I have my like little yogurt snack and there's also protein in the collagen as well so, right. but I just, I don't take pre-workout. Um, I don't trust a lot of the stuff that's in there. Mm-hmm. Also the added caffeine uh, can make me a bit more anxious. So like, I don't have more than one coffee a day. Um, yeah. As you can tell, I probably don't effing need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Yeah. Coffee is my pre-workout. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, li- I like grenade protein bars. Those are just tasty. Ooh, I haven't tried They're from this. the UK. Okay. And they also make like brownies and I think they have they maybe have like a cookie or something. I just really like their bars. Um they they just taste they're like 
they're more like candy bars, but just as good for you mm-hmm. as any other protein bar. Um, okay. But yeah, in general, I just, uh, a second takeaway is just, I just wish people would, I honestly just wish people would stop buying most supplements because okay. you're just pissing away your money. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like with like, like test boosters, pre-workout, something that claims that it gives you a bigger pump. I don't know, just like the stuff that I was told to sell to people, mm-hmm. it just, just got so ridiculous. And I was like, honestly, if you just want to get some protein powder to make sure you have enough protein in your diet and maybe some creatine, mm-hmm. you, you know, that's probably a decent stack. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I love it. Minimalist. <laughs> so what do you like to cook? So yeah, things that are like, yeah, more assembly, like a, like a stir fry or something. And I also, honestly, I know this is boring, but I love having just like a bunch of rice or I guess pasta already made and then ground beef, because honestly, I just don't like cooking that much. It's not something I like to spend my time on. So if I have like rice and beef in the fridge and I can just heat it up. And I probably, especially if it's after a workout and I haven't eaten a couple hours, it's going to taste really good because I'm hungry anyway. That, yes, that's, that does it for me. I just started getting into that, like batch cooking starches and then just having them. And I, that's the kind of thing I just need to be more on the ball with. Um, But again, because I don't like cooking, the thought of doing all this prep and spending a couple hours on it is like gross. So, yes. no, totally. I totally get it. I go through stages with cooking where I'm like, you know, it it, it is a refuge for me and feels yeah. like consoling and cozy. And then also times when I'm just like, I can outsource that to Whole Foods or whatever. Yeah. And, just... and I think like this is where I'm lacking maturity as an athlete. I'm just, I'm just, I feel like the tone, the like the tone of the conversation changes when we talk about food. It's like, yeah, this is, this is totally where I'm lacking, not my area of expertise. <laughs> All I try to do is get enough protein. That's great. I think that's a fantastic approach. Thank you. I try. Yes. Doesn't Maddie just make you so excited about the next generation of lifters? I really hope she gets into coaching. She has so much to offer the world. Uh, Maddie, I hope you coach people someday. And you guys, if you agree, please send her a direct message at one rep mads and let's just bombard her and insist that she get into coaching. Thanks. I'll see you guys soon. Do you like what we're doing in the Valkyrie garage? Help us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating, take a screenshot and post it on the gram. Tag us at Valkyrie garage so we can say hi. Stay strong!